Hey everyone, Sex Nerd Sandra here. I'm talking to you about Adam and Eve right now because they are sponsoring this episode of the Sex Nerd Sandra podcast. If you go to their website and type in promo code SEXNERD at checkout, you get 50% off almost anything in the store, free shipping, three free DVDs, and an extra special thingy. Since we're talking about girl sex this week, I found a cool finger vibe that I didn't realize that they sell on the website called The Key. The Key is by Jopin. Don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's a rechargeable finger vibe. A rechargeable finger vibe that has five different speeds and pulsations. It's silicone. It's waterproof. It's just a cool design. It's about an inch and a half across for the surface, and it clips onto anyone's finger. So it doesn't matter if you've got tiny fingers like me or really big strong hands so go to adamandeve.com type in sex nerd at checkout and get 50% off almost anything in the store free shipping three free dvds and an extra thingy thingies now entering nerdist.com welcome to the sex nerd sandra podcast whoa what are these kids doing in here Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Guys, I am balls deep into this tour. Uh, It's been fun seeing friends, but the highlights of this trip so far have been the Boston podcast and the Boston class that I taught. Um... Thank you to Will Smalley, he's a comedian in Boston, and Megan Andyu down in Providence for coming up and being on the show. It was great. For anyone who was there, oh my god, we had so much fun. Megan brought naughty, naughty things into, like, antique vibrators and things, and a dragon penis and stuff. And so it was just all the things that you can't do on a podcast. We did. Lots of laughter. Will was hilarious. So great time. Oh, and the Sex Nerd Sandra merchandise was revealed and people loved them. So thank you. And thanks to the guy who bought the very first t-shirt and asked me to sign it. Adorable. Yep. I don't know if you realize, dude, if you're hearing this first t-shirt ever sold for the Sex Nerd Sandra podcast. Pretty cool. Oh, anyway, tomorrow night is the New York City podcast. I'm looking forward to it. I ended up not teaching a class in the city, but by golly, the minute I get to Philadelphia this Sunday, September 15th, fellatio doubleheader, teaching BJ's 101 and 201 over at Sexploratorium. Go to sexnerdsonder.com. You check out these dates because there's a lot of cool stuff coming up. But yeah, Philadelphia, I will be in you on Sunday to talk about sex. Um, If you own a penis or if you like someone who does, you should probably come to these classes because it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. So uh, there's that. And then Tuesday in Philadelphia, I realize the Phillies are playing the Marlins that night. But for all of you crazy kids who still want to take advantage of the fact that I'm in town, uh, come out to Taboo. Buy tickets online. It's going to be great. Um, also, I don't know if Philadelphia I'll come to again just because it's a, it's not as many naughty monkeys as in New York and D.C. So, I'm, you know, I just want to meet you guys and see what there is to see in Philadelphia. you got the Liberty Bell. you got lots of sex nerds. I know you're in there. So let's hang out. Who knows? Um... And then, of course, I'm getting down to D.C. I'm teaching at Lotus Blooms in Alexandria. Ooh, Boning 101. It's going to be so much fun. I'm talking about all the sex. All the sex. How to be the best kind of naughty monkey. It's going to be great. Um, So that's going to be on Friday, September 20th. Then Woodhull Freedom Summit. I will be at the Sexual Freedom Summit all weekend long and podcasting for special conference attendees on Saturday night. And on Sunday night, September 22nd, I will be at Busboys and Poets doing my last live podcast of the tour. Oh, man. 
tickets are selling fast for that one. We've only got a couple left, so if you were hoping to go to that one, please buy them uh, as soon as you hear this. Because uh, I've already had people be sad about New York and missing that one because it sold out. Sorry, guys. Oh, anyway, that's dates. It's been a lot of stuff. And you, <laughs> probably you told me, like, Sandra, come to Chicago. Why aren't you in Pittsburgh? Sandra, why aren't you in Seattle? Guys, I want to I wanna see all of you because there, there were lots of hugs in Boston, lots of hugs. It's going to be a lot more. And high fives. High fives is an option. Uh, okay. Uh, bring on this week's show, Allison Moon, author, sex educator, fabulous human being, very thoughtful about the girl-on-girl sex situation. Uh, and she's writing a book. So we talk about that. We're going to talk about some really cool tips and tricks on how to hit on women, how to get in a sack with them, and how to make everyone feel really good. Yeah. All right. Enjoy, you naughty monkeys. Bye. <laughs> hey, naughty monkeys. <laughs> I am here in a uh, fabulous little uh, ex-synagogue in Chelsea, Boston, with Allison Moon of the Snatch Tack episode of the Threesomes episode. Do you remember these things? I think you do, because those are some of my most popular episodes to download. And you, have, if you haven't listened, you probably should. It, just homework. Just the fun kind. Um, but yes, today... I have her all to myself mm. in this room mm. to talk about ooh, mm. girl sex. Mm. One of my favorite topics. You actually just launched a Kickstarter on this. Can you tell me a little bit about this Kickstarter? Because once we start talking about sex, I'm not going to care so much about the Kickstarter <laughs> until after at the end. So we're just going to get into it. So tell tell me about the Kickstarter. Tell it. Tell me. So the Kickstarter is in support of the book Girl Sex 101, which is based on my workshop of the same name. And it's all about various aspects of female sexuality and how girls do it. And uh, it's a really cool book. I'm very excited about it. And it involves a lot of collaboration. I'm working with an illustrator named Katie Diamond, who does uh, the magazine Salacious, which is cartoons and erotica. I've seen that. Nice. Yeah, she's a good friend, and she's an amazing artist, and so she's going to be drawing the book. I'm going to be writing the book, and uh, we've got some guest experts who will be offering their own kind of anecdotes and mm-hmm. tidbits and tips for different chapters, including Sex Nerd Sandra. Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm excited to hear what you're going to teach me. It's going to be hot. Yeah, I don't think you can handle it, Allison. <laughs> Probably not, but hopefully the readers will. Yeah. Also, you already are an author of several books. I wrote two books so far, um, both uh, about lesbian werewolves, Mm -hmm. their memoirs. Um, I'm wearing the shirt right now. You are wearing the shirt right now. Not the book, but the shirt (laughs) for the book. Yes. So Tales of the Pack is the name of the series. And um, I actually will be writing more in that series, but I wanted to take a break and combine my great two loves, my two great loves (laughs) of uh, fiction writing and sex education to create something that's a little bit of a, of both, which is Girl Sex 101, because there is a narrative that goes through the whole book. So it's not just how-to stuff. It's actually mm-hmm. a story. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the thing. As a sex educator, there are so many books on my sex ed shelf already. Like there's like She Comes First and Guide to Getting It On, all these different sex books why Girl Sex 101? Like, why this book? Of all the books in the world, because clearly you have many stories to tell. Why? Why this story, Alice <laughs> Moon? I don't know why I feel like I'm... Should, should we be lying down? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> T- tell me everything. <laughs> I don't know. I feel weird. I don't know if that is not my, my body position or... 
but I just want to like. Oh, this is better. I like this. Oh. I like this way better. We're facing each other now. We're instead of sure leaning. Wink. <laughs> My hand may or may not be in her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> the whole hand. We're good. You're advanced. Your girl sex two hundred one really. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, why the, why this book? Well, I think that there are a lot of great books about sexuality, but there aren't a lot that focus specifically on women and women with women. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think a lot of sex ed books in general tend to be very comprehensive, to the to, almost to a fault, in my opinion, mm-hmm. where they're covering so much ground and trying to hit so many topics, um, mm-hmm. like these just these huge tomes that address everything people might want to know. Um, and that I think can be great because you can you know go to the index and find that thing about that technique but i think it's harder to read those kinds of books sometimes i look at them and they're just these walls of text that are just like daunting especially if you're trying to learn sex it's a very strange way to learn about sex oh you're writing a book that people are actually gonna read (laughs) i hope so (laughs) okay because i mean my most of my sex books i i mean i'll read a chapter i'll read a section and i Mm. use the index to go exactly uh to what i need or want to know Mm -hmm. so you're actually making a book that's readable and about a topic that's not talked about a whole lot i think it's yeah i think it's very fun to read so the reason why i wanted to combine a narrative was that even if you think you know everything about how girls do it Mm -hmm. you can actually still enjoy the story Mm -hmm. and what i'm kind of i'm calling it like zen in the art of vulva maintenance because it's (laughs) a combination of philosophy and fiction Mm -hmm. um but with a lot of real pragmatic stuff woven in um, and so we've got, you basically have like three different sections per chapter. You've got the story, which follows our characters as they make a road trip from Vancouver to San Diego, and they get into a lot of sexy adventures. And so you can have, you can read a hot erotica story about these girls, you know, hand fucking each other in Portland outside a rock venue. Um, and then you can go right into understanding what they're doing in that chapter that makes it so hot. Oh, it's like a CSI of sex. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, like where, yeah. And I think that's like so much of what I get from people in my workshops are like, well, you say that we have to negotiate, but negotiation is totally not organic or whatever. People have a lot of complaints around like how we teach this stuff versus how it's done in quote unquote real life. Mm-hmm. And for me, I really wanted to t- show how negotiation can be super sexy or how to have a safer sex conversation in a very organic way that doesn't feel weird um or even just like learning to change positions or negotiate like topping versus bottoming or you know trying something new that you may have never done in bed before and all these things that are very intimidating to people Mm -hmm. but i wanted to show characters engaging in them in a way that's fun and sexy so that people can start getting a sense of how they can do it themselves so about this drama Okay, so there's a story. Mm-hmm. Like, is it lesbian drama? Like, well, there's a little bit of lesbian drama. <laughs> so basically, it's it's a, it follows the characters Layla and Jamie as they have to drive uh, Layla's what we call the of love of love with her Volvo down from Vancouver to San Diego, and their ex girlfriends, uh, Jamie and Layla. And so, oh snap. Oh, snap. Exactly. So there's a little bit of ex-girlfriend drama. Um, Both of them have some sexy friends that they get to hang out with in various cities. And so we stop in Seattle. We stop in Victoria. We stop in Portland. And Do they fall in love? It remains to be seen. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But they're exes and they're in the car together. Are they going to make each other jealous? Oh, my God. It's going to be great. There will probably be some having to navigate jealousy moments for sure. I want them to get together now. (laughs) 
Well, you, we'll, you can decide as you read whether or not you think they should be together. What's the San Francisco topic? Because I feel like that like there's a theme. Yeah, there's so right now again the book is in it's still it's in its nascent stages around the organization of it. The story's being oh. written, but um, right now it looks like Portland is hand sex and San Francisco is cunnilingus. <laughs> so that may that may alter, but okay. yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. Who knows? Yeah, it's a grab bag. You want now? You want to know, right? Now you're curious. You got You got to buy the book. I almost imagine that at some point one of them starts their period. And then, like, the whole book just stops for, like, a day. Oh. So sure everyone just has to regroup, like, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of just, like, surliness. I'm like, I'm sleeping in the van. <laughs> don't touch me. Have fun out there. <laughs> um, but then that would be interesting, period sex. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. so I already covered, um, like, some some philosophy around uh, sex, Girl on girl, lesbian, lesbian. Is it weird to say girl? Because to assume that someone's a lesbian just because she's having sex with another woman, like lesbian sex seems too narrow mm-hmm. of a phrase. So girl sex seems to. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think every phrase is fraught, when, especially when you're dealing with the politics inherent of it. I mean, even just calling the book "Girl Sex 101 is challenging because some some people might not identify as girls, mm-hmm. even if they have vulvas, and some people might identify as girls even if they don't have vulvas, right? And so. I want to try and encompass that where you're like dealing with trans people or gender queer sex. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I don't want to be patronizing, but I, the, with the word girl sex, it's kind of, you know, it is kind of like not woman sex. Why isn't it woman sex? That's one thing I've been listening. I've been, on. That's one thing I've been thinking about lately is the whole like, wait, why are men called men and women called girls? And if you're called a woman, you're old. You know, it's just yeah. like, mm, like, I'm not a MILF yet. I'm just boring. <laughs> it's the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's usually the answer. It's the patriarchy. It's really, she said it with the sweetest smile. It's like, it's the patriarchy. Just... <laughs> you learn to accept some things. Also, I just, sorry, I just was with Megan and you, and she just told me that if you're allergic to sperm, like you can be allergic to your partner's sperm, and then you can also be injected by your partner's sperm over a long series of time to help you get over your allergy to sperm. Just, just FYI. So I, I would think that the joke would be if you just eat your partner's sperm in small doses over a period of time, you'll get used to it. But that sounds like the kind of thing that the boyfriend would invent in order to, <laughs> For, yeah. to get the beeches. Well, because some people die or like anaphylactic shock. Sure, yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, we're not talking about penises. Gross. <laughs> right? Hating on the men. Do we hate all the men? Do we hate all men? All of them. All the time. Mm-hmm. Especially my cisgendered male partner. <laughs> just kidding. Just Never kidding. I, mean, I like him. Yeah, boys are cool. We like boys. Some boys are cool. Let's say some boys are cool. But all girls are cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about... Let's talk about just girls. <laughs> all right. So what are the chapters? Because we've talked about them. There's... Sorry, I totally just accidentally touched your boob. Oh. It was an accident? Was... Next time, That's it'll be for realsies. <laughs> for realsies. Next time. Um, you said... Some hand sex mm-hmm. and strap-on sex. Mm-hmm. Um, what other? So let's see here. There's there's cunnilingus. There's safer sex. There's anatomy. There's uh, flagging and flirting. There's um, trans sex. There's what else? Things and hotness. Anal, of course. Duh. Duh. Um, a lot about negotiation. Um. It's really cool. I mean, the, the, what I'm excited about is there's some folks are uh, there's a whole chapter on identity that Carol Queen's writing, which I'm very excited about. Um, yeah, they're individual. The kind of guest posts are really cool because mm-hmm. you know Jenny, or I'm sorry, um, 
let's see here. Who was I thinking of? We've got a guest post um, by Ducky Doolittle, mm-hmm. who will be writing about um, having sex with survivors, right? So specific oh. things to know about that around consent and around making somebody feel safe for, for screwing around, which is awesome. Uh, Tina Horn will be writing about uh, giving blowjobs to non-biocock, which is really cool. Um, Sophia St. James is talking about topping as a femme with a strap-on. Wait, okay. We've just said a lot of things. Yeah. So first, so blowjobs to strap on mm-hmm. dildos yeah. as, as a thing. Mm-hmm. And then what's St. Uh, Sophia, Sophia St. James? James? Yeah. So she's she's a porn actress and she's known for um, for strapping it on. And she's a big, beautiful woman and she is um, she loves wearing a cock. Mm-hmm. And how to be a femme identified person and topping with a cock in a way that still kind of honors your feminist and honors like the fierce, you know, feminine qualities while still being the, you know, penetrator, which I think is really, really cool. So when you say femme identity, mm-hmm. what do you mean? Does that just mean like uber femi, fe- uh, like wearing a lot of dresses and makeup and well, smells it, really good? It, okay. I mean, that's those are elements of it. But femme is really a reclamation of femininity as something that can be powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, the patriarchy has made it <laughs> such that uh, femininity is kind of considered always weak and submissive, right? Mm-hmm. Which is bullshit for mm-hmm. most people who can think too much or who think a lot about it. When you realize that, you know, that just because you wear high heels doesn't mean you're just a slave to the patriarchy, right? So a lot of, uh, a lot of especially queer identified women, identify as femmes because what you have something you're saying (laughs) i'm just laughing because i know that i'm gonna have to ask you this to define what is the patriarchy so that well (laughs) because that can be construed as men right it's not which is no yeah and that's where people get people get well so yeah so people get really pissed off when they hear the patriarchy as because they think that it equals men and that's not actually true women can be part of the patriarchy too Mm -hmm. um and the patriarchy is really a system it's a system that creates a hierarchy of worth based on masculinity. And so when we think of that, we think of like the manliest men, right? The Either the Wall Street three-piece three suit wearing, like Porsche driving, mm-hmm. you know, playboy, single guys. Like that's considered to be our idea of what is power in our culture and what is rightness and what is goodness in our, in our culture in a lot of ways. And a lot of things are kind of geared towards keeping that in place. The idea of wealth staying wealthy and power staying powerful and whiteness staying white and these ideas of of how the system is structured to keep that in place and that makes everything that's not that less powerful so femininity is considered weakness not strength in whatever way Mm -hmm. um and and you know having different color skin is considered less worthy than whiteness and so these are this is what the patriarchy is it's not saying that like you know my dad was a mean guy and therefore patriarchy it's saying that it's a system that's designed to keep people yeah and it's it's invisible to a lot of people you don't see like for again like the patriarchy is part of like what we call rape culture in that like when a guy goes home from a bar at 3 a.m., he might be concerned about getting robbed, right? But he's not concerned about getting raped. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the patriarchy. He doesn't, that's one thing he doesn't have to think about in his life. He doesn't have to think about whether he'll be able to outrun somebody stronger than him necessarily to, in, in order to keep his bodily integrity intact. Um, it's a lot. I mean, I've thought about these things, but I actually really like just saying it as masculinity, the scale, it almost like the patriarchy scale mm-hmm. and, and just sort of the slide ruler of like, how, where do you land and how much masculinity you have? Mm-hmm. The more you've got, the better off you are. Right. 
Um, and that's the thing, like, patriarchy hurts men, too. And it's kind of, I mean, some people don't really think of that, right? Because the man box is, if you fall a little bit lower on a masculinity scale. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a stay-at-home dad, or if you actually want to have a two-parent home, um, these things are issues for, for men. And I think that, again, we, st- we see the patriarchy as, you know, this gendered thing, when really the patriarchy is just how much support we give humanity in pursuing their own ideals of strength and identity. And happiness. And the happiness. And liberty for all. Yes, exactly. So getting back to vulvas. Now that we've, <laughs> now that, now that we've defined the patriarchy, <laughs> let's talk about not the patriarchy. Yes. What is the chapter that you're most excited about in terms of a topic that you may feel isn't covered well in, in other books or classes? Well, I'm excited because I'm writing, I mean, the bulk of the book I'm writing, and I'm writing both the narrative, the story, but I'm also writing a lot of kind of essays, the philosophy behind a lot of things. And so I'm enjoying writing things like, you know, I, for instance, just wrote a piece that I saw a woman at a a wine store the other day when I was in New York City, Mm -hmm. and she was like, if you had to like, if I had to like tell my type to a, you know, a sketch artist, mm-hmm. like they would have have drawn this, this woman. She mm-hmm. was so perfect and stunning in every way. Mm-hmm. And I had to fight through my anxiety of like, she's so pretty. <laughs> um, and like, in order to talk to her, but I'm like, I will hate myself for the next eight years if I don't just say something to her and so I started having a conversation with her and what I end up talking about in that chapter is like how to flirt with somebody when you're confronted and scared how did you wait were you like sup girl or like what did you do well so basically it was about it's for me it's about finding somebody's area of geekery and then pursuing that area of geekery because again like it's really about getting to know this person like I think she's beautiful but i also want to know if she's cool Mm -hmm. and for me it's that's how you find out somebody's cool is like if their brain works in a way that i think is sexy Mm -hmm. um and so for me it was like i saw her filling up her cart with this very specific one kind of bottle of wine and it was a a cart filled with this wine and i'm like i'm just in there to buy one bottle and i'm like wow i want to go to whatever party you're going to and she says, she looks at me and she kind of takes a moment. She's like, oh, well, the party's at my house. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be the beginning of an interesting conversation, <laughs> right? Um, and so I kind of talk about how I pursued that, right? So I'm like, we started talking about the wine, right? Because we're at a wine store. She's dressed nicely. She's filling up her cart with a lot of the same bottle. So, of course, she's got some interest in this bottle of wine. So we started talking about Bordeaux and, you know, how and what she likes about Bordeaux. And it became this really cool thing of where I'm pursuing her geekery because she's just excited about talking about this thing. So did you just keep asking questions? Yeah, but it became kind of a thing where she's like, so what do you like about Bordeaux? And I'm like, well, and so I kind of told, and I was very outclassed, by the way. I'm not exactly <laughs> a wenophile in that way. I just like wine. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need it to be particularly classy. But she was such a well-dressed, sharp woman that I kind of was, that's where I felt a little bit like, oh my gosh, I have to like really get to a place where I'm not confronted by the fact that she's wearing a beautiful, expensive suit and I'm dressed <laughs> like a schlub. Um, so, it you know, it was kind of, we started talking about that and then we talked about... Um, you know, I asked her what the party was for, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this was an interesting moment because this could have led the conversation in a very cool direction mm-hmm. or it could have been a dead end. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, the party's because this is the last day of the sale for the wine. 
which I thought was hilarious and also kind of a dead end because if she had talked about like, you know, it's my sister's, you know, anniversary party or something, we could talk about that. But instead we went right back to the wine. It was like a cul-de-sac. Oh, um, yeah. she didn't lead it because you have to see if they want to play ball. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think that from like in that individual scenario, I don't think it was going to go anywhere because I had a feeling she was probably partnered or whatnot. But um, it was just for me, it was fun to like practice being terrified um, at approaching a stranger um, and trying to have a conversation that will be organic and interesting not just like hey baby where are you from like can I get your number which is not how most people want to approach people and not how most people like being approached I think that what flirting is about is trying to figure out what somebody's into truly interested and excited about so the conversation becomes very easy like if you start talking to me about literature or sex ed the conversation will be very, very easy, very the quickly. The conversation happens. There's a lot of conversation. Yes, mm -hmm. you're very, you're quite fun to talk with <laughs> oh, about literature. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> and the patriarchy. <laughs> um, Always a fun topic. Okay, so the flirting chapter, mm -hmm. I think, will be the because yeah. it, it's it's an elusive, wily creature. Flirting, mm -hmm. it definitely is. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I think that uh, kind of going back to what how this book is different from other books. I think a lot of books, a lot of sex experts, you know, have this air of like doctor expert explains it all, mm -hmm. which I think is fine if you're looking for hardcore information. Like Megan Andy was a great like expert. She knows all the terms. She knows all the fluids that connect to all the glands. Yes. She is uber geek, um, which if you like that, it's great. But if you don't respond to that kind of like using the Latin terms thing, it can be daunting to learn that way. Mm -hmm. And so where I come from is I'm more of like big sister lays down some good advice. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's a lot of personal anecdotes. And I know some sex educators are, are are anxious about talking about their personal lives mm -hmm. um but i'm very much about like wow i totally blew it with this one girl once let me tell you how i blew it and what you can do better because uh, i think that that can be a really strong educational tool for some people who don't go the uber geek route they're just looking for somebody that they can trust to tell them like some good ideas and signposts yeah people who actually have experience from the field like mm -hmm. tried and true Instead of, like, I read this in a book. I don't know how this is going to help you, but this is very interesting. Because mm -hmm. at some point, how much of it translates to your real life? True. I mean, and this is, like, the, the reason this class started, the Girl Sex 101 workshop came out of um, when I was at Burning Man, actually. And I was running the lesbian camp there. And we had a bunch of, like, baby, like, baby dykes. And a lot of them had some really basic questions about, like, talking to girls and, like, what do you do with your hands? Or they've never gone down on somebody and they're terrified. Mm -hmm. um, so the class started out as very much for bi-curious, newly out or shy in bed women. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it could be women at, of all ages, but it was really for women whose experience levels were, they were just so scared to even start. Um, and it's I, intimidating. Women are intimidating. Yeah, they There's are. There's a lot of buttons. <laughs> there are a lot of buttons, knobs, toggles, toggles. <laughs> dongles? No, no dongles. No dongles. I mean, I suppose you could install a dongle if you were both into it, but that's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast. Depends on which ports are available for... <laughs> And when you have the dongle that doesn't fit the right port, it's, oh. nothing's more frustrating than that. I mean, so part of it is, I mean, when you say girl sex, we just imagine, like, how do I go down on girls? How mm -hmm. do I make them feel good and orgasm? Mm -hmm. But so much of it is the, the mating dance that gets you into the bedroom. Right. And I think that, again, like, l learning to listen is huge. And I talked about this during the Snatch Attack episode. Because mm -hmm. I think that 
Listening is number one. And when you get nervous and excited and maybe overexcited or over nervous, it's very easy to kind of be reluctant and kind mm-hmm. of step back. And I think there's a lot of, of power in, you know, being able to take a moment and check in with somebody. I think people should get very good at verbally checking in with people. Check in with me right now. What does that mean? How are you feeling? Right now? Yeah. I don't know. You don't know? I mean, feeling okay, I guess. Are you having fun with me right now? I'm having a good time. You want to stick around and do this for a little while longer? Yeah, I'd like that. Is that cool? That's great with me. How how are you doing right now? I'm great. I feel really good. If we were on a date right now, I'd be like, go ahead, a little nervous, you know? I'm really Mm. enjoying myself. You know, you look great. I'm a little distracted. You know, I'd probably probably flirt a little bit. Is that good? Is that good? Did I do good girl girl sex? Pre-girl sex? (laughs) Is that good? Wait, what? What part of that were you just were you just flirting with me? <laughs> oh, this yeah. is me on a date. This is terrible. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> I I like you and want to keep liking you tonight. It's <laughs> <laughs> so hot. You can I, I can show you how to keep liking me if you want. Yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna toss my hair like like this, <laughs> and then, hey, Allison, how you doing right now? I'm good. Doing okay. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Okay, but we just said good. People say that because they're being polite. Is that a real check-in? So you can ask more specific questions. Mm-hmm. So assuming that we are no longer like sitting at a dinner table, we might be, I don't know, like cuddling on the couch, right? Okay. Let's say I'm like stroking your arm. May I stroke your arm? You may stroke my arm. Okay. So now I'm stroking your arm. And instead of saying like, how are you? Are you good? I can say, do you like the way I'm touching you? Yes. Do you want more of the same or do you want something different? You can do exactly this, but you can also scratch if you want. I can scratch too. I can add my nails. Harder. Harder? Uh-huh. Like this? Yeah. You like this? Yeah, it feels good. Tingly. Good. Can I move up your shoulder? Yes, please. Oh, she's touching my shoulder. How's that? I'm totally getting laid tonight. <laughs> it feels good. That good. feels really good. Good. So that's like a very... Um, and I can talk about this, or we can just keep on doing this and turning turning all your <laughs> listeners on. <laughs> explain what, what? Yeah, be, get, get Zen and motorcycle maintenance. So okay, so in in the the philosophy of this is that women are usually not given true voice around what feels good and what doesn't, and we don't get a lot of teaching around how to speak up when something isn't working, mm-hmm. and we are taught to kind of just lay back and take it, and that's just a thing and I think that's really damaging and really bad Mm -hmm. I think that everybody who wants to have good sex in the world with women with whatever gender you are it's just good to make sure that the woman that you're with has access to her voice and has has the option of speaking up Mm -hmm. and when you sometimes when people are in a relationship for a while they get good at it but it often takes a while for a woman to feel safe to speak up about things that she likes or doesn't like. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is establish as early on as possible that I am not only interested, but I'm invested in her enjoying herself with me. And so I want it. I want to establish very early on that it's part of the sex. It's part of the relationship is you saying something about what you want. And the best way to do that and to establish that early on is by asking and giving space for yes or no. Like I asked, like, so I was, you know, scratching your arm and then I asked you if I could move up your shoulder and you didn't answer right away. Mm-hmm. But I didn't move to your shoulder until you said yes. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And that's actually a really good point because sometimes people will like kind of 
do it before you they get an answer mm-hmm. and you're already kind of like, oh okay yeah i guess this is cool like ask before oh yeah how many times have you heard somebody like can i hug you as they're moving in for a hug <laughs> and you're like you're, you don't actually care what my answer is you're assuming my answer is going to be yes or maybe you don't even care that i have an answer or not you're just asking to be polite rather than because you actually care it's formalities it's formalities rather than actual investment in the other person's well-being and sovereignty it's it's the friends who go hey how are you doing but they don't it's just a formality versus people are like no really how are you doing mm-hmm. they say it in a different uh different clip of language mm-hmm. and you know they actually care mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to you, like the way you did it you kind of like looked at my eyes nodded like how are you doing i like the eye contact the presence meant that you cared and that's huge. And those small differences make a big difference when it comes mm-hmm. to intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a big part of, you know, the flirting and the checking in is like, again, people think it's like, oh, I don't hate checking in. It's so inorganic. It's like, no, it's not. Actually, you're undoing a huge amount of cultural programming around women not speaking up about what feels good. Mm-hmm. And so if you actually care about what feels good to her, why the hell not ask unless you don't care or unless you think you know so well? Coming from, I mean, as a person who tends to be a little bit high anxiety, especially in new situations, the checking in doesn't ruin the spontaneity. It undoes the tension and and puts me at a much more comfortable resting state to then get wild. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, you know, like, have you ever been in the situation where you're like somebody's eating you out and now you're thinking like, oh, my God, it's going to take me a million years to come this way? Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, again, like, and women, you know, we're kind of taught that we have to be, like, quick on the draw or not. And, again, most women need a lot of clitoral stimulation to get off. Oftentimes we need vibration, not just, you know, digital or tongue stimulation. And so uh, these are things that women aren't really taught when we're growing up. Like, mm-hmm. hey, honey, you're going to probably need a vibrator to get off a little while, for a little while unless you're really good at using your hands or your partner really is really you know, has a really strong intuitive nature. So it's like, okay, so when I'm down, when my partner is down on me and it's, I'm like in my head and then I'm like, well, it feels nice, but, and I'm glad that they're down there, but uh, like, I, this isn't going to work. So what, like oftentimes what will happen is like the woman who's receiving will just stay silent, hoping that their partner will do something to change. And then maybe they'll try and make a sound of pleasure to indicate that they did something right. Ooh. Right. And then a lot of us, if we've been that kind of way our whole lives, we will try and get really demonstrative with our noises in pleasure so that they can catch it. But again, we're relying on this like very subtle backdoor way of communication instead of saying like, honey, can you move to the left? Or, you know what? I'm really not like I just woke up. My body's not even online yet. Could you maybe like just can we make out or can you hold me? And then maybe I'll get juiced up. Mm -hmm. But that's again like juiced up. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I'm making a weird thing. Like revved up, maybe? How's revved up? Rev- oh, juice stuff is cool. I just imagined a wet sponge that you were squeezing, and it just got kind of weird in my mind. But, like, what about a sudsy sponge? Ah, go no. to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so what are what are your pet peeves when it comes to girl sex? I mean, is everyone... If I'm a girl, I understand women because I'm a woman. So why do I need a book? Like, girls just get girls, Right? Right. I, I don't know any woman who actually believes that. 
I mean, there might be someone who believes that, but I think most women are like, are you kidding? You know how hard it is. Um, and I get, you know, for like baby dykes out there who are like, you know, it's 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 hard. You know, it's it's just because you go to a lesbian bar and you just like declare like I am queer, I like girls, doesn't mean you're gonna have pussy falling into your lap. It's actually much harder than that. Um, my pet peeves, I definitely have a pet peeve for women who take cues from men around how to be with women. So it's very oh yeah, it's very obvious to me when I see a woman who's watched a lot of porn. And have tried to emulate the dudes in order to get with women. Um, it's this very like bravado machismo thing that I find really irritating because it's not true masculinity or masculine energy that's really organic to that person often. It's a kind of costume they put on because they assume that that's what women will get excited for in this very like you've been watching too many romance films and pornos. But how would I spot that uh, versus someone who's just mm, more butch identified? Well, yeah, I mean, there's, and that's the thing, like, organic butchness is very different from, like, fake swagger. Um, and I think sometimes butches can have fake swagger, and sometimes femmes can have fake sw- swagger. Sometimes swagger is awesome. And sometimes swagger is awesome, if as long as it comes from a real place, and it's not, you know, to hide this, like, chewy nougat center of anxiety and fear. Um, and as long as it's not responding to old school stereotypes. Like, if, you know, if I'm all femmed out in this, like, 1940s style thing, and I'm at a place where it's like, you know, everybody's dressed up in this kind of old school style, and it's very butch femme oriented, like, I don't mind being hit on in this very, like, old school masculine feminine way. But treating me just because I'm quasi cis presenting female like I'm a dame that needs to be conquered like a woman on Mad Men is obnoxious and offensive. You know, sometimes people might be into that, but leading with the swagger, masculine, like, hey, baby, hey, baby, I got what you need is probably not a sign that you actually have what I need, because if you do, you would know not to do that. It sounds like a dyke douche. It's t- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're going to figure yeah. out. <laughs> it's a dyke douche, yeah. I mean, and I think that, like, Women can be douchey just like men can. I mean, back to what you're saying about the patriarchy. Like, there are plenty of girls who suck, right? <laughs> and there are plenty of dudes who rock. Um, it's not about, you know, men-women lines right there. Like, there are some definite douche dykes out there. So I guess my advice is don't be a douche dyke. <laughs> Good call. Good call. <laughs> Good call. So what is surprising about girl sex? I mean, in terms of porn, I mean, there's a lot of alt porn, but it's not necessarily the first thing you get when you type in lesbian sex or girl on girl. hmm so it's, I mean, lots of cunnilingus making out and strap-on sex. Um, but a lot, I don't know, other than that is, I mean, clearly it's just how to have sex. It just sounds mm-hmm. like, but just focused on women who have sex with women. Mm-hmm. Um, anything particularly surprising you think that is a misconception about girl sex? I think there's a misconception that girl sex can be as just as satisfying, if not more satisfying than, you know, quote-unquote heteronormative sex. Mm-hmm. Um I think that in our penis-centric society, there is this assumption that all girl sex involves strapping it on so that we can have, like, a simulacrum of a penis. Um, a simulacrum. A simulacrum, yeah. Like a, a stand-in for a penis, right? Oh, vocabulary. Yeah, you know, I'm a writer and stuff. And by the way, if I use that incorrectly, please email Sandra and complain because I would find that really horrifying. And no, hilarious. no. Go to talesofthepack.com. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, what what uh, websites should people go to 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 help support you in your Kickstarter, etc.? Well, for now, Kickstarter is where I'm at. I'm at girlsex101.com is mine, um, but right now it's going to lead straight to Kickstarter because everything is focused on Kickstarter until October 19th when it closes. Okay. So if you're interested in learning more about this, watching the video, learning about all the experts who are going to be part of the book, mm-hmm. go to the look at girlsex101 on Kickstarter. What am I what am I writing on? Do we know? We talked about it. I know, but we, we tossed around the flirting chapter. Mm-hmm. Am I writing the flirting? If you'd like, yeah. I mean, that would be tons of fun, but I just was like, I couldn't remember if we were debating between two topics. Well, I think that for me, what I like about you is how well you walk through the awkward. Um, and so I was very interested in seeing how you might, you know, what kind of advice you would give to people about, like, being awkward and how not to let that shut you down and still how to, like, you know, meet girls. Does, does that work for you? Yeah. Do you have anything good to share there? Oh, in terms of how to meet girls and embrace the awkward mm-hmm. and and just thrust yourself heart forward into the abyss of <laughs> the madness. Off the top of my head, not really. I mean, <laughs> when I'm dying inside, I find it much easier to live my life when I can be honest about where I'm at. And so the minute I am at a lesbian bar, let's say, and trying to convince myself that I really need to hook up with a woman tonight because it's been a while and this is, I have to, and there's a lot of, I mean, everybody expects me to and, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. just to put so much pressure on myself. I think taking off the pressure, acknowledging the pressure mm-hmm. and then playing with that pressure, like, oh, okay, really? really? Like, who, who are you trying to impress? Who Who's watching you right now? Who cares right <laughs> now? Oh, it's just me. And do I care that much? No. That helps. I don't know what I... Oh, God. Ugh. Let's not get into my psyche. There's so many things. <laughs> well, it is one of the things that I find most endearing about you, though, is that you you think, you think find out the thing that freaks you out the most, and you're like, oh, let's make a podcast about it, <laughs> for instance. Or, like, you're, you're such a curious mind, and that you get you might get freaked out, but you're not going to necessarily run away. Or if you do run away, you'll realize that you ran away, and then you'll you know redouble your efforts next time, which I think is very much... It's a very positive quality. Yeah, I'd say curiosity definitely will trump fear or apprehension about a situation. So leaning into the discomfort, mm-hmm. um, because once you get on the other side, it's almost like a magical. You know, where, they, where in fantasy movies when they come to the waterfall or whatever it is, and they go, "What? Where's the entrance?" And then they realize that it's actually a magical portal, but they have to put their hand through. Mm-hmm. They go, "This isn't a waterfall." <laughs> yeah. I just know that on the other side, you're not going to get all wet. I mean, there you go. So, I mean, we've talked about cunnilingus a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Have you had any recent epiphanies about the philosophy behind cunnilingus since then? Because it really it is, is one of the top downloaded episodes, and people just love it. Oh, yay. That's good. Um, I think that, you know, what I've been playing with is the metaphor, because this is a road trip book. Girl Sex 101 is a road trip. Mm-hmm. And so I've been playing with the metaphor of, you know, driving and navigating. And, uh-huh. and I think that that's something there's a lot there. And so I have a whole chapter that I read about topping and just mm-hmm. what the energy, the energy behind topping, right? And again, I think a lot of us see this topping as like this like really like hardcore, like active, masculine, like doer thing, where I don't think that that's true. I think topping is understanding that like, this is the car that you're driving. This is how this car works. And this is how I'm going to help the car go in the way that it needs to go. And then the navigators, their job is to tell me with sign signals and words oh. which path to follow. 
And so I think that encouraging your navigator to speak up when you need to make a left turn instead of just assuming you'll know when there's a left turn coming up is really huge. Um, and at the same time, there's a lot of, you know, listening, feeling for the road. If you feel a weird shimmy, you have to figure out, is that a shimmy because the road's just having a road thing? Or if there's actually an engine problem and you need to pull over? And the engine is a metaphor for feelings? <laughs> sure. I, I like that. I love that metaphor, actually. But then the person who takes initiative, like topping, mm -hmm. I think of as the person who's like, all right, we're going to do this. You mm -hmm. know, who, if you're making out for two hours and no one's doing anything else, right. the person who's like, tries to like... Mm -hmm. take it to the next level like sometimes i'm just waiting for someone to make a decision about what's next and you find that in topping like when two women get together assuming it's just two <laughs> that the person who initiates the next step is the person who wants to do the act of the pleasing on the other person or if it's the person who is hornier like what drives like what makes a good top mm. to push the plot forward sure i think that a, a good top it's really about wanting to co-create an experience and being the person who's willing to initiate that experience or you know kind of be the helmsman so to speak helmswoman so don't just of like the experience karate flip her judo chop down to the ground and just like dive for her thighs if one negotiates that i think that can be fun but i would never never try that on a first date just because, again, you're not giving a lot of space for trying. I mean, if over dinner all you were talking about is how much you love being taken down, and by the way, after dinner, how would you feel about flipping me over on the ground and then just burying your face in my pussy, words unspoken, then that would be, okay, then in two hours when I drive you home, how about I try that? And if you don't want that, you know, tap me on the shoulder twice. What about when you've been crushing on someone for a long time, you've been drinking or whatnot, you, you two just sort of have your first kiss, tumble into bed, and just, like, attack each other. There mm -hmm. hasn't been any pre-negotiation, and you're just making out. But then there's the point where you've been making out for a while, and you're like, okay, it's got to be at least 3 in the morning now. I'm still pretty buzzed. Ooh, we haven't talked about any of this, but I kind of want to do something else. But a lot of people won't actually say anything. They'll just sort of start pulling off jeans and whatnot like that's yeah. what they do in the movies is that not allowed? well yeah i mean the movies aren't exactly a great educational medium um yeah i mean i think that I, you know i'm not gonna f be smirch drunken crazy hookup sex because I, th I think there's a lot of beauty there but again like i would want to be crystal clear that my partner is really connected mm -hmm. like if you're drinking to obliterate versus drinking to get excited that's a big difference um so there's definitely ways you can check in without breaking the moment like if you're rolling around and just the two of you are going t to town on each other and oftentimes in the making out stages there's a lot of reciprocation there's a lot of back and forth there's nibbling on each other's necks there's feeling each other up mm -hmm. um if your partner kind of goes slack if your partner isn't responding um or is being quiet that's mm -hmm. a really great sign you need to kind of just take one step back and check in but again like if you're rolling around and having a good time but you feel like that need for a verbal check-in which i think is a great idea you can be like i really want to fuck you right now can i fuck you right now yes. <laughs> like, like and that's not unsexy i don't think i mean listeners at home you can decide for yourselves but if you were if we're toppling each other and I've got your you know my hand around your wrist and my you're sucking on my fingers, there's a plenty of room for me asking what you want next without it ruining the moment. I guess 
I've been in experiences where someone's like, I want to fuck you. And if a dude were saying that, I'd be like thinking to myself, you would like to put your penis inside mm. my vagina. Mm-hmm. I would just assume that. Yes. If I'm with a girl in that mindset, I'd be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> that's a great response question. Right? Like, because that's, I mean, again, no penis is usually involved. Sometimes there is. But, um, you know, for, for me to say, like, I really want to fuck you right now. Can I fuck you right now? And you to say, like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. That's, now we are negotiating. Oh, okay. And so I could say, I, can I use my hand on you? Um, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'd probably want to check your nails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're... Would you like me to use gloves? I've got gloves. <gasps> you dirty. You have gloves in your purse. Guys, <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> JK, role playing. It's good. Do you have any concrete tips in terms of how to drive a vulva that you wish that everybody would know? Sure. Um, learn about pressure. Uh, learn how to use pressure to your advantage. Peer pressure? <laughs> Not peer pressure. <laughs> Physical pressure. So if, okay, assuming that, again, everybody's on board, everybody's having a good time, and I am now topping with my hand on a vulva, um, applying pressure with the palm of your hand uh, and the fingers on, on the outside, right? So putting pressure with my fingers on your external labia and kind of moving it all around as one unit instead of going pokey, right? Is it? Wait, and so instead of using your, yeah. instead of using fingers... And just poking around or yeah. poking at the clit. Mm-hmm. It's using the entire hand mm-hmm. Yeah. Vulva. And so, again, like, you know, when we think of – a lot of us have probably been conditioned on sex in heterosexual – like, we mm-hmm. girls with boys, right? Um, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of us got our education that way, even if we – whether or not we liked that kind of dynamic, right? So we were doing a lot of, you know, fingering, which mm-hmm. often usually meant, you know, making out and then him trying to get his – finger inside your vagina right mm-hmm. like no clitoral stimulation no labial stroking just like let's get it in right mm-hmm. and that's kind of this penetrative oriented way of doing sex which i think is can be fun penetration's awesome um so you're but... saying when you say pokey is don't try and get in just applying pressure to the vulva is mm-hmm. a is a fantastic thing is yeah to move away from penetration focus and pressure focus correct Okay. So yeah, so move like take. I mean, penetration can be on the menu, but not everybody likes penetration being on the menu. So let's consider the other things you can do other than just trying to get inside somebody. Um, and so pressure is really hot for that. So um, Midori, the have you talked to Midori before? Oh, she's gonna be on the show pretty soon. Oh, awesome! I'm very excited. Good. Are you gonna talk pu- pussy hug right now? Yeah. I love the pussy. The hug. pussy hug's amazing. So yeah, so the pussy hug is really like this cupping, right? Like mm-hmm. you, when you think of like what it means to like kind of just grab your crotch. It is this like firm pressure with the whole of your hand over the kind of the mound and the the vulva. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you've got this really great like connection that you can create where you're like the person receiving that it feels good just physically, but it also feels very safe and very kind of feel grounded. Feel grounded exactly. And that's a really nice place to start any sort of like vulva stimulation because now your partner generally probably feels a little bit more relaxed because she's been grounded and your hand is the thing that's kind of helping create that. Um, 
and with that space there, the kind of gr the kind of grounding, firm, full hand pressure, you can start doing things like moving your whole hand in a circle, moving your hand back and forth, and kind of rocking all of that flesh together, which can start bringing blood flow and can start really increasing sensation all around the vulva, which will only make things better the farther you go. Only. Only. Well, that's good times. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it often is, it feels really good. Um, and then you can do things, I mean, uh, you can separate the two, the you know, the, your fingers between the ring finger and the middle finger and kind of press two fingers on. Just say it, just say it. The, the, inverts, the inverted Spock? Yes. <laughs> Vulcan that shit. <laughs> yeah, the reverse Vulcan is what I called it for a long time. And now people are like, well, so I don't know. I, I, I like to think of it as the, the, the reverse Vulcan. But it's basically the live long and prosper sign with your hand. And then you flip it upside down. Mm -hmm. So it looks like a gang symbol kind of. And you're going basically creating this like little empty little pyramid and the inverted V. And <laughs> Nanu, 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 Nanu. Wait, Nanu. Remember Nanu? Nanu? Yeah. Did he do that too? Yeah. Um, I think Mork and Mindy, Robin Williams did it with the thumb sticking out, I think. And I think Vulcan is thumb in. It's like they both have the basically they're both doing a a like sloth like. That's hilarious. I'd never even thought of that before. I mean, I definitely watched both those shows growing up, but wow, I was like, did Roddenberry sue their asses? How did that work? That's crazy. Anyway, yeah. So um, I don't know how to do it with the thumb the thumb tucked. I guess you could do it with the thumb out too. It depends. Um, anyway, so yeah. So basically, what in that way, it's kind of like an. Uh, it's a modification of the pussy hug in that you've got two fingers going down each major labia mm -hmm. and that creates a different kind of sensation. So when you do the, the circling and when you do the back and forth rocking, it creates a new kind of sensation. So that's really the whole like consider pressure because there's a lot of nerve endings all over. And we, as we know about the internal clitoris, right mm -hmm. there, you can stimulate things without having to go inside. And that's a really good place to start because it usually makes the partner feel like, oh, they know what they're doing. Yeah, it's cool when it's like, okay, for instance, I was at this, um, I had this, like, I was at a group event, right, where there was at, one person. Um, it was a birthday request where they were in the middle and people were like touching them and an, an orgy. Would you call it an orgy when one person's in the middle? Um, I would usually call it a gangbang. A sensual gangbang. Sure. A gang caress. <laughs> a gang caress. Um, gang group hug. But it it was a point where um she had like we'd kind of were taking turns on uh, playing with her and mainly people were using their hands, um and. There was a point where I think somebody uh, got in there with a strap on, mm. and and she was pretty easily orgasmic, so it was kind of fun. She was having a good time, and she was blindfolded, so she didn't know who we, she knew who we were, but she you know it was just this wonderful buffet for her of tastes and sounds and whatevers, and it was a mixed group, and her male partner was there, and you know women and men were around, and I got between her legs. And I wasn't sure if she was aroused enough for penetration. Like, in my mind, I'm sex educator mind, I'm just like, hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. And, you know, and I ask her partner, like, is she, is, is she cool for me to just go in? And, and he's like, yeah, of course. I'm like, yeah, but she doesn't seem, I mean, like, is this going to, oh, she had headphones on so we could talk. That's pretty great. <laughs> we could, like, totally plan our game. Mm -hmm. And he's like, so I ask but does penetration warm her up? Thinking to myself, this isn't penetration isn't necessarily going to get her hot her mm -hmm. hotter. 
And he's like, yeah, of course. As if it were an mm. obvious. And they've been together for years. So I go, okay. So, I mean, I'm doing it and I'm doing my thing. <laughs> doing my thing thing. Um, and I was getting tired. I was getting, I was like, the mo- moment where I'm like, I need to jog more, you know? <laughs> totally. Um, and she was enjoying herself. And so I tag teamed with someone. It was another guy who I've seen do wonderful things with other women. And so I pulled out and then he got in there. Because he was trying to get me to go faster or, like, be more intense. And, like, I do not have the energy for this, bro. So he got in there with his hand and just kind of, you know when someone fingers intensely, but they Mm -hmm. know how to apply pressure really Mm -hmm. well and just shake their hand or do, um, Mm -hmm. just give an intense internal uh, massage. So he did that and she she immediately starts screaming and, like, creating all these sounds and wiggling and, 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 you know, I'm like, good call, bro, you know, whatever. And, like, I'm going to go sit over here and be tired. And... Later, when I talked to her, days later, it was the soft, slow, methodical stuff I'd been doing way earlier in the evening that really rocked her world mm-hmm. when I wasn't even inside. And I, when I thought of it, I realized that it was the two men who thought they understood how to bring her to the to ed- ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Not to say that men don't know how to do things. I think a lot of men do. But it was interesting that her feedback, just honest to me alone, no one else around, just like all that stuff was cool. It was fun. Mm-hmm. But that really soft stuff in the beginning is what, because she came pretty hard. Like when it was just kind of mm-hmm. cool. I was like, because I thought I kind of failed. But yeah. T- yeah. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that again, we kind of, especially in group scenarios, group scenarios can be really awesome and healing because you get to see how different people have sex. It's cool. Yeah, and and again, it's a, a way of learning from watching without having to use porn. Um, so I think that that can be really beautiful. But again, I think there also is that pressure to perform in certain ways mm-hmm. and this assumption of how things work. Um, and it's cool that she felt so trusting and so good to be able to like kind of just be open to the experience. I think that's really cool. Um, I also think that's the kind of thing that you really have to negotiate very clearly, especially you need, like with her, her having her partner kind of speaking on her behalf. Mm-hmm. Like, But again, the assumption is like if you're not checking in with somebody, you don't know. And somebody can be screamy and moany, but you might not know that they actually, the closer they get to coming, the quieter they get. That's true. That's true. And that's something that, again, we won't learn from porn. The, like, silence usually is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so these are things that you can only really learn from checking in. And, I mean, this is why, like, you know, sleeping with the same person more than once is really awesome sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Because then it's like you get to know somebody's body better than just, like, one night stands of, run- like, romping around. And, again, like, I've, I've been very blessed to have lovers who they're like, okay, I- you're doing fun things. I really like it, but I totally need a vibrator right now in order to get off. And like them being able to say that without damaging my ego and without, you know, freaking themselves out. Like that's way more fun for me than having somebody just kind of like grin and bear it for 45 minutes because they don't want to hurt my feelings. Yeah. And like, I'd much rather, you know, like, let's just, okay, you want the vibrator? Let's break out the vibrator. You want to jack off and I'll hold you? awesome like whatever that is that you want to do i want to be in service to that because again like i'm just driving the car but we're both trying to get to the same place i love that i really (laughs) do have you seen the um the fantastic music video by reggie watts oh wait yeah reggie watts he's a comedian he's Mm -hmm. hilarious but it's, it's like if you're fucking you're fucking no it's this amazing. I have to show it to you after this okay. podcast. It's like it's a whole dance music video that's really sexy and funny, and it's like 
two people are having sex and the guy stops and he's like wait a minute are we fucking and it's the whole song like if you're fucking then you're fucking what's fucking if you feel like you're fucking then you're fucking it's like it's not what you're doing necessarily it's mm-hmm. if you feel like you're fucking you're fucking it's true well i mean and kind of like what you were saying i i was at an orgy once and i was the only queer woman there which was i mean like there were a lot of like bisexual women but i was definitely like the only the only dyke in the room um and i was you know hand fucking a lover of mine and I was going at it for a really long time. She was having a great time, but like I never, like she never got over the edge. And you know, it, my arm was exhausted, and we were just going really hard and crazy for a while. And then afterwards, um, I had a guy come up to me saying, "Wow, it was so awesome watching you do that." I mean, I usually get a girl to squirt in like two minutes, but it was really cool to watch like how committed you were. <laughs> Which I'm like, a fuck you. B, I have I have a feeling you don't know what you're actually doing. You think you do because you have this demonstrative proof that somehow you can make a woman squirt orgasmically in two minutes. And then afterwards, I talked to my lover, and she's like, Ugh, he thinks that about everyone. Like he thinks we're all having a great time when he sleeps with us. But I'd much rather be with somebody like you for a while than with him for two minutes because he thinks he's like we're trick ponies for him. You know. It's awful. It's so awful. And I'm like, that, A, that made me sad that he was getting laid at all in that community. Right. Wait, but I'm curious. Are they squirting in two minutes? I think, you know, some of them probably were. But I think, you know, with squirting specifically, it is the kind of thing you can train yourself to do. Um, and for some women, you do it, do it because it, not necessarily because you want to do it, but because it makes your partner feel all awesome. And again, like, there's nothing wrong with making your partner feel awesome if you want them to. But, you know, I've definitely been in a position where I'm like, yep, I shall squirt now so I can make you feel like a super stud. <laughs> not because I really want to squirt right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, I see my, my body is not at that point where I'm, yeah, I'm not a dispenser of <laughs> girl juice. Um, but something to, uh, something to look up to, you know, something to aspire to. I'm I'm very happy I learned how when I did because it was it's a lot of fun. It's like a fun trick to have in your bag. That's the thing. It's like so many like women's bodies have become the, the these fraught like worlds of of issues around like proving something about the way society is and the way men are. And in my world, it's like you know back in the '70s or in the '80s, it was multiple orgasms, and in the '90s, it became squirting. And it's always going to be something that women have to learn how to do in order to become like sexual Olympians, so that we can prove that we are worthy of sexual pleasure. Well, I mean, deep throating seems to be a thing that we have to be able to do. Yep, deep throating is definitely a thing that women, hot women, do. You know, sexy women do. And it's like, women are built differently. Some people love it and some people hate it and can't do it and don't want to do it. And some guys don't give a shit, right? And But again, like these societal rules versus what's real. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, there's a lot of great porn out there. There's a lot of terrible porn out there. There are a lot of great romance films out there. And there's a lot of terrible romance films out there. It's like, you have to trust your inner sense of rightness. You know, like if you learn BDSM from Fifty Shades of Grey, like you might want to learn different ways of doing BDSM because you might find the kind that you want. Um, and I think any one idea, any one monolith of like pleasure is a dangerous path. So I, I encourage, Ooh, I like when it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tie me up without asking and don't use a safe. <laughs> oh yeah. Scary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, Allison Moon, Tell everybody where they can find you so that everyone has all the info so they can click, click, click right now. Yeah. So do it right do now. It. Right now. Do it. You can find me at uh, – you can email me at info at girlsex101.com. Mm-hmm. Girlsex101 on Twitter. The Allison Moon on Twitter. Um, the Al- Allison with two L's um, and an I. 
So you actually got girlsex101.com? I was shocked, but I did. That is... Wow. I also got howtodriveavulva.com. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's amazing. The internet is a, an amazing place with some untapped resources of nuggets. Nugget resources. <laughs> so, you know you sex nerds want this book because this stuff applies to everyone. And Allison is great at all these things and she's putting it all into one book. So, please go to the Kickstarter page. Support her in creating this fabulous resource book slash road trip novel slash i wow collaboration between so many sex positive sexy people i have no words right now you it's, it's my it's my stares and it's my gaze well you want to also read what sex note sandra has to say about flirting and awkwardness for sure um but yeah kelly shabari ignacio rivera nina hartley mm-hmm. tristan Terramino, reed mahalko uh, Ducky Doolittle, Julia Serrano, a lot of people. A lot of names that you may not recognize, but if you add them all up or if you were to put them in a room, you would have so much sex knowledge, um, there might be an explosion. Superheroes, sex ed superheroes, and people talking about things that they like to do, not just things that they know how to do. <laughs> all right. Allison Moon, as we say around here, go team fun. Go team fun. Now leaving Nerdist.com.